Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dayton Tolbert. Uh, we're here for a. Uh, it's it's funny. I was starting to say Barbershop Talk Tuesdays, obviously, because we were live last night. We're usually not live on Sunday nights, but as you know, I was on vacation over the last week. So you know, I feel like we we've got to make up for some lost time. We did a, a classic, classic, all-time classic show last night, uh, specifically on you know some of the the real reasons in, in today's society why men will have sex or seek sex or pursue sex, but not anything other than that. Why they will not commit. I'm talking about the real reasons men won't commit, especially with this time of the year. You know, the end of the summer, going into the fall. You know, cuffing season has you know not really officially begun, but it's we're right there, and you know we're about to see a lot of a lot of those types of situations coming to an end from from the summer and leading into the fall. So, um, you know, I, we we got a lot of good feedback about uh, that show. So, you know, and you know how those types of shows are. We talked about so many different other things in addition to that. So uh, if you guys missed it, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, tune in uh, to the archives at uh, com. Tonight's show is going to be a little bit different from what some of you guys may be used to on the show. I've, I've labeled this week uh, what I'm calling Race Week. Uh, you know, we we talked we we touched on it briefly last night that in the in the media, you know, in, in on television and and radio and you know just the blogs. I mean, this whole race thing is really you know front and center in this country right now. And you know, a lot of that is planned. A lot of that is a specific attempt by the you know the government and you know the, the powers that be to to incite you know these these virtual and, and even sometimes physical race wars and and so you know that being said we want to talk about it from a more you know intellectual perspective you know when we when you talk about people like you know the Trayvon you know Zimmerman and you know all types of different situations you know there's a tendency to discuss them and approach them from an emotional standpoint not really so much a logical standpoint an intellectual standpoint um, and so we want to we want to do that tonight. We want to you know we're gonna this is gonna be a two part special, um, either you know definitely tonight and then maybe tomorrow, but most likely um, Wednesday or Thursday. We want to come back and finish it off with part two of of, of just race week. Tonight we're gonna be focusing on the the word nigger. You know I wanna I really want to just talk about that. I want to try to break down some barriers. I want to dispel some myths and misconceptions that exist surrounding this this word specifically and and just talk about, you know, what is the issue? What is the what is it that gets people so riled up? We want to we want to look at it from a, you know, a, a definition standpoint, you know, and say, okay, this is what it means, you know, from a, you know, just nigger, nigga you know what I mean? Like you, my nigga. Like we want to, we're gonna break down all of those things from a, just a real perspective, and um, hopefully, in doing that, we can take away some of the the bite and the sting that it that it has when that word is said. So definitely, um, gonna be a good show. Feel free to call in. You know, I know this is a sensitive topic for many people. So I mean, you know, if you have thoughts or you have opinions, the phone lines are open all night long. I know we didn't take a lot of calls last night. You know, we went into about you know eleven fifty nine last night. I already knew it was going to be one of those shows where I just had a lot to say. So we didn't you know take a lot of calls 
Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think we took any calls actually last night. I saw some calls, but I just like I said, I just had so much that I wanted to make sure I got out. So if you had questions from last night, even and you know uh, uh, tonight's topic, definitely we'll make sure we hit those phone lines tonight. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypad. Courtney, as always, is here with me this evening. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, Courtney. What did you think about last night's show? Any uh, feedback on that? Uh, I thought it was a great show, great, excellent show. Um, you know, just very informative, even for myself, because it was some things I didn't even know and things I needed clarification on. So um, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Like if y'all, you know, we we I, I you know we kept it real, you know, and I, I dug into the the bag of of personal stories, and you know we kept it a hundred percent real. But the, I don't know if you could tell there was so much. There was other stuff I wanted to say. Like there was there was I could have kept it a lot realer, but you know I've I, I've I've toned myself down in my old age. You know this is our sixth year here on the air, so I'm trying to you know trying to chill out a little bit. We're still going to keep it real. We're going to keep it honest, but. You know, it's only so real you can keep it, you know, on the air. So definitely um, I can't stress enough if if you have ever had questions about or didn't even really fully understand the differences between things like a booty call, a jump off, a friend with benefits, and, and how men view each of those, you know, those women, who you know, and how we assess who's going to go into what category and the reasons for it and how to identify when you're in those categories. All you know, why men don't commit as a whole. I mean, that's a very important topic. You understand that it's so important. One of the most important topics that will ever be discussed in the dating and relationship conversation. So definitely, uh, I can't stress enough. Check that out if you um, if you missed it. Uh, t- like I said, tonight's show. I'm be honest with you. Right? I know I say this all the time. Y'all make fun of me, but this is not going to be a long show. You know, if this show goes more than an hour, I'll be surprised. You know what I mean? I really want to get in and out because, like I said, this is going to be a two-part special. The vast majority of what I want to talk about regarding race is going to be on a more general level. Um, So when we do our part two, which is really going to be the major one. So I'm glad you guys are tuned in tonight, but definitely you don't want to miss the, 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 you know, the next one that we really where we really break down race relations in America from a more general perspective. Tonight, I really want to talk about, um, again, the word nigger, you know, and, and what that, you know, where that word originates from, the role it's playing in today's society, what we as a people need to do to address it and to deal with it and to, you know, just function, knowing that it's, it is a part of society and it will be for the foreseeable future, like it or not. Um, but, I also today I got an opportunity to go to the movies and I saw a very I'll say a unexpectedly great film uh by the name of Fruitville Station. And I say unexpectedly because you know, I, I didn't see a lot of promotion for it. It wasn't like one of those big budget films. The in in the, the previews that I did see for it really to me didn't do it justice like it did it was a very 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 powerful film it was an emotional film it's like you you know and I wasn't even really all that familiar with the story in which it was based on so but even you know just from what I had heard I knew it was leading up to something I don't want to tell the movie but I knew it was going to be a very climactic ending and but even knowing what's going to happen 
nothing can really prepare you for seeing it. And also, too, um, I want to talk about it. Really, I think affected me more so because just from a fatherly perspective, you know, I, even though, and we're gonna, t- and you probably wonder why am I talking about this movie in the show that we're talking about the word nigger. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. But as a father, this guy, you know, he had a, a daughter. I have a daughter around the same age. She was a little bit older than my daughter, but just me and him are totally opposite guys as far as how we live our lives. But that being said, I still the interaction that he's had with his daughter is very similar to the way I interact with my daughter and and can see myself interacting with my daughter when she gets to that age. So it was very, 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 um, just go see the movie, I I would say. Courtney, we haven't really talked about that. Is that something you, uh, I know you didn't see it, but is that something you was on your radar at all? Well, first of all, how do you know I haven't seen it? <laughs> I know everything about you, Courtney. Don't you know me? I know everything. I, let's just get that straight. How do you know I haven't seen a movie? I got um, eyes okay. on you up in there, in, up in Chicago, Courtney. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. I haven't, but um, I, I've heard great things about it. Somebody asked me to go and see it with them, but I couldn't. But I heard that it was an excellent, excellent movie. Like I've just been hearing like crazy good things about it. And like you said, it's not really being promoted all like that. And even here. It's not even in every movie theater. It's like you have to drive, you know, some miles to to find a theater that's playing this movie. And but I hear it's such a great movie. You would think it would be everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a great movie. But you know, it's like one of those films that, you know, like the. It didn't get the Hollywood push that Boys in the Hood got, but it's like one of those. I might, it wasn't really low budget per se, but it just is one of those independent films that is going to do really well. Similar, it's more, it's very similar to like a movie like Precious, a very mm-hmm. critically acclaimed movie, um, and it's getting great word of mouth. So I expect it to stick around for a little bit. It's going to do some pretty big things and great things on DVD and cable. I anticipate. So I mean, I'm telling you, and I don't hype a lot of stuff up. You know what I mean? But definitely go see that movie. You know, support. Because it's positive, you know. I mean, I, I say it's positive because it's real. It's not like, you know, some time. I'd rather y'all go see that than see some of this unrealistic Tyler Perry crap. You know what I mean? Or something that is just buffoonery. You know what I mean? Like, go see something that, that really shows an accurate depiction of us as a people. It may not be your life, you know, but it is real. Under Please, it was real life. It's a true story. It's based on a true story. And it, and even if it wasn't, but it, I mean, it is, but even if it was just fiction, it still happens in North Philly, you know, Southside, Chicago, Detroit, wherever you are around the country listening in, it happens. This story can happen and most likely has happened in your hood. You understand that, guys? So let's, so I, you know, like I said, you guys are probably wondering, okay, well, they don't, well, what, what does that movie have to do with, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try not to tell the, you know, the movie, but I'm most likely going to. It is what it is, and I warn you. I mean, if you don't want the movie to be spoiled, you I mean you may want to not listen to this tonight show. I have no problem with that. Logging off or checking this out in the archives if you don't want a, a spoiler. But you know, it's pretty. Like I said, it's a true story. So you know, what happened is already pretty much common knowledge or is accessible if you wanted to know. But, um. While it's a great movie, while it you know was great, you know the acting was was good. You know where where there's a problem in today's society. 
Okay, there's a problem with our young black youth. And the funny thing is I did this outline. I was going to do this show. You got I talked about doing this show. You know, I've been talking about doing this show for a little while now. We talked did a, spoke a lot about doing it last night. You know, and I hadn't seen the movie. I saw the movie today, and it just kind of confirms a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about on tonight's show, which is I'm really glad that I saw it today. Um and, and the problem in today's society is that when you hear the term nigger, okay, and, and I'll, I'll start it out like this. You know, there are, unfortunately, let me, let me say this, let me put it like this, start out like this. The word nigger, based on Webster's def, uh, definition of it, if you guys look up the actual definition, it, it's pretty vague. It pretty much says it's used as a disparaging term for a member of any socially or economically or politically deprived group of people. Now, that could be blacks. You know, obviously you're going to hear people talk about it more so from an African-American perspective. It's usually used in that, you know, racist type of way to describe blacks. But, you know, there's a reason why Hispanics are allowed to use that word even as a term of endearment. It's a reason why, you know, uh, you know I mean, really anyone – can be called a nigger and has been called a nigger if you're non-black. You know, if you know anything about your roots and your history, that's not just a term that was exclusively used for for blacks. It was commonly used for blacks, but a lot of people, you know, minorities were were used, you know, you, that word was used to describe them and to oppress them and and, and to uh it's basically a disparaging remark. And so so there's that. That's nigger. I think we all know what that word is, but the, and this is just me personally, you know. I mean, that's the definition, but this is where my views come into it. For me, you know, and there, there, so there's that. But then on the other hand, there's black people, and even some <clears throat> some non-black people use that term as a term of endearment. That word as a term of endearment. Yo, you my nigga. What's up, nigga? My nigga, like Denzel from Training. Like that's just how a lot of black people talk, and it's no problem it's no disrespect it's just you know a term of endearment and so you have that that usage of it but then you also have and this you know what what i consider actual niggers i'm talking about niggas like you have positive black men who are upstanding you know contributors to society you know you know, living life in a positive manner, doing some things for their people, for society, being great husbands and fathers. Those are the great black men of the world, and that's who we need more of. But unfortunately, you go out here in today's society, and the, and we see more often than not niggas. You see niggas standing on the corner selling drugs. You see niggas, you have, not even do you see niggas, you actually have to watch your back so you won't be stuck up by niggas. Little girls have to, you know, can't ride their bikes in, a certain, in certain areas for fear of being struck by stray bullets. The courts are filled with niggas who will rather be in the club spending money on hoes but can't even, you know, buy their little girl you know, anything, or their little boy, some new sneakers, or whatever the case is. Those are niggas. Ignorance. 
And a lot of people say, well, how are you getting that connection? Well, the reason why I make that connection, okay, between nigger and niggas is because back in the day, historically, the term nigger, we, I'm talking about going back to pre-Jim Crow, you know, pre-civil rights. I'm talking about slave times. You know, I'm talking about when people were getting lynched, like, on a regular basis. <clears throat> I'm talking about when people were being bought and sold out of slavery. These were terms to, that were not just used as a disparaging remark, because that's what we see today. We're not talking about, I ain't talking about no racial slurs here. I'm talking about when it was actually used to describe people who were actually in captivity and currently being oppressed. I'm talking about people who were literally not allowed to learn how to read. You know, they were actually ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I use it in the truest sense of that word, meaning they were they didn't know anything. They were not allowed to have education. A lot of times they were smart, but were forced to portray themselves as ignorant or stupid or illiterate even be, for fear of being beaten and, and flogged in front of the whole you know, city or town or whatever the situation was. So when I say ignorant, it was like they were forced to portray, ironically, in the same image that a lot of these niggas out here are willingly and actively portraying. That's the issue that I have with it. See, see, people like my grandfather and great-grandfather and great-grandmother, they didn't have a choice. See, my grandparents were 100 in their hundreds when they died, so they saw a lot of this stuff firsthand. See, back in the day, their, them and their ancestors didn't have a choice about whether or not to show their intelligence. They didn't have the choice of being able to just learn freely and be educated and, 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 and express themselves the way we can. We have a choice. Our kids have a choice. These guys out here, these niggas out here standing on the corner have a choice. Trayvon Martin called himself on his Twitter handle, No Limit Nigga. Trayvon Martin had a choice. You understand that? That these people out here, I'm not, you know, this is, there's, I mean, that's just one person who are, who, who, we are, the society is filled, literally filled with people who are act, actually and willingly portraying themselves as niggas, the same type of way that white people used as a form of oppression. And that is, that's the problem. It's not Riley Cooper, oh, saying, I'll fight all you niggas. I mean, we, listen, it's racist people out here that we know that. That ain't no, you know, that's not going to change. There's always going to be some people out there who have hate in their hearts towards minorities and people who are poor or in a different tax bracket than them. That's not anything new. That should not piss us off as if it just we just found it out for the first time. But what should piss you off is when you see intelligent boys acting stupid, intentionally failing tests because they think it's cool to be stupid. They talk. I actually know a kid like this. Back in the day I was growing up, there was a kid who was very intelligent. We were doing telemarketing, one of my first jobs. And this dude was, would literally be on the phone talking like me, you know, very articulate, very well-spoken, very educated. But then it's like, and I didn't even know him, but then the moment he hung up that call talking to, you know, whoever he was talking to in the white community, it was like he went to just being an ignorant 
person, like talking, like cussing, and just being ignorant. I'm like, yo, I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything to him. I'm just like thinking in my head, like, yo, why does, why is that okay? When did it? We are the only race, okay, that that thinks it's okay to be stupid. You know, what I mean, like, that it's cool to be a thug. It's cool to be ignorant. Like, what, what, like, what the heck is that? Why are these parents allowing their kids to portray themselves as niggers? Excuse me, niggers. Courtney, any thoughts on that? Have you witnessed? I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but have you seen any of this from your perspective growing up? Yes, I have. (laughs) I sure have. Um, Definitely. And it's crazy because, you know, it's, there are people out there that actually, you know, are racist and, you know, say a lot of bad things about us, you know, black people. But it's like we we don't do anything that, that proves their theory wrong. You know, we're just ignorant. And I saw that just growing up in high school. It was just like, you know, you were cool if not only if you just didn't do homework, but I noticed a lot of people would, like, crack jokes. Like, that was, like, the thing to do. If you could make somebody laugh, like... You know, that that was cool, but it was just very, it was just ignorant, and, and I see that. And it's like we don't want to do better as people, but then when something happens, like, you know, the Trayvon Martin and we want to point the finger, that's when we want to turn around and play the victims and say how wrong it is, but we're still on the street corners hustling. Right. That's It's, it's, it's amazing. It's like I don't know what people have to do or what needs to happen for people to wake up. That's why I call people like these mindless zombies. It's like they see this stuff every day and they just ignore it like it's no big deal. How do you g- pass drug dealers and hustlers on your corner every day who are selling dope to your kids and your nieces and your nephews and their friends and that doesn't piss you off? You know, you don't say a damn thing about it to anybody. It doesn't even cause, it's just like your norm. Like, that's okay. You're used to seeing crack vials in the in the, the streets, you know, in the cracks of the concrete on your way to your car. You know what I'm saying? But you have the audacity to get pissed off when Rush Limbaugh says something when Bill O'Reilly says something, when Riley Cooper says, I mean, like, what the heck is wrong with people? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the, you want to get pissed off about George Zimmerman, who is a nigger. You know what I mean? That's that's the craziest thing about this whole thing. He would, it, like, aside from this whole race thing, Puerto Ricans, Hispanics, Mexicans, they ain't no better than blacks. They He ain't no better than us. Back in the day, he would have been called a nigger. What you think that he's, I mean, what? Because he's, he's a little obese? What? I mean, the society, the media can change his image to make him try to look a little bit more white, cut off the goatee, gain some pounds, wear his hair a different way. Google that first picture of George Zimmerman. He looked like a straight nigger. You know what I mean? I just saw someone like that on the corner. It looked just like Zimmerman when he at the time when he when he shot Trayvon. He ain't say nobody. Zimmerman was somebody who was in the hood mentoring the kids, black kids. People, people. I mean, this ain't no race issue. He's a nigger. The only reason this became a race thing is because CNN and NBC on day one reported him initially as 
white man kills young black boy. I remember. I saw it. It was na- it was headlines. White man. Now they, you know, that was all part of the plan. But you know, they they eventually took that down and made a, you know, corrected themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, excuse me. You know, he's mixed with. You know, they still didn't want to put it out there. He's he's Hispanic because there's an agenda. But listen, Zimmerman is a nigger. You know what I mean? He ain't no different from you or me. You understand that? Mexicans, Hispanics, they're killing blacks every single day. You know what I mean? There are, there are gang wars, turf wars, drug wars going on every day with Hispanic men killing black kids. You know what I mean? This ain't nothing new. Just I mean, You know what I mean? It's like amazing that people, I mean, do people, Gordon, do, you, do people think this just, like this is something new? This just started happening? And that's what they act like. <laughs> like what's wrong with people? Like, they must not watch Gangland. You know what I mean? Like, I, I go through stages. Like, I watch all these shows. Like, a couple, like, a year ago, I was I watched, like, all those Ganglands. They got gangs in Alaska, gangs in Portland, gangs in freaking Hawaii. Like, gangs everywhere. I got, like, 100 Gangland episodes saved on my DVR. I'm just too lazy to delete them all. But, I mean... All this gang stuff, this stuff happens every day. Like, literally, they're George Zimmerman's killing, and they'll inter- they'll be interviewing them, killing innocent boys. They'd be like, yo, so, like, why did you, you shot this young this young kid? Now, now, why did you do that? Hey, he was disrespecting me. Sometimes that was good. Other times it was no re- it was no reason. I just wanted to earn my respect. I had to earn my stripes. So I shot him in the head for no reason. It was just an initiation. So he didn't do anything to you? No, I just wanted to do it. This is a Hispanic man talking about how, and you guys can see, this is right on, like I said, gangland. Pick an episode, you'll see it. Any episode, you'll see innocent black kids being killed, you know. I can't, we can't, that's the thing. You can't even call these kids innocent, which is what we'll get into. Because, you know, that's what you got to, you can't be a nigger and be considered innocent. Because you ain't innocent if you're a nigger. You ain't innocent. If you call yourself no limit nigga, you ain't innocent if you're standing on the corner hustling. If you get shot while you're selling drugs or selling guns, you ain't innocent. If you resist an arrest, you know what I'm saying, and you fighting with the cops and cussing cops out, and one of those racist cops decides they want to kill you, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not innocent. You're stupid. You know, we'll, but I'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Because see, see, that's the problem in today's society. See, see, my mom. See, I had great parents. I have great parents. See, I had great parents who told me. I got Don Lemon's same story. My grandfather told me. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was like five years old. We were we were walking, and we. I mean, I got I have some hatred in my heart to some uh, towards some of these niggas. I could go tell y'all, you know, go on and on about stories and experiences. I've got more nigger stories than I've ever had against, well, you know, white people or racist, racism. I'm a 35-year-old black man living in America, and I'll tell you, a lot more hate and discrimination. Y'all see a lot of it on Facebook. I get hated on and discriminated on by blacks a hundred times more than white people have ever hated on me, and I've been around white people my whole life. You understand that? So the, 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 that's not the issue. The issue is us. That's the problem. You understand that? We are our own worst enemies. 
So I guess in you know the 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 with this discussion of the term nigger, I don't have as much of a problem with the term nigger. You know, and I'll tell you why, because there are niggers. If everyone out here was innocent and there were no niggers, you know, who fit. Here's the thing, but you got to look at it. You got to really break it down and connect the dots. The, there are niggers who fit the intended purpose. Excuse me, the intended purpose of using that term back in the day. They wanted to keep us oppressed. They wanted to keep us ignorant and unwilling to learn and classify us and label us as lazy and wild and disorderly. Well, just go down to your local hood. And you'll see the lazy, the wild, the disorderly, the violent. These aren't stories. Just turn on your freaking nightly news. And you'll see all of the people who are actually fitting the definition of the original meaning of the term nigger. They were, they were using it to oppress us. You can't be mad at that when it's actually true for the vast majority of the black community. That's what people want to try to act like. They want to try to act like the black community is perfect and we're all innocent and it's no big deal. Now, am I saying do white people get a pass to use it to, to blatantly disrespect us? Hell no, of course not. Nobody's ever going to disrespect me to my face. That's not, that's not cool, but what I'm saying is don't give them a reason. One of my first blogs about five or six years ago was You Wonder Why They Call Us Nigger. I wrote that blog about five. I'll try to dig it out the archives and post it in the in the friends group for y'all to see. But that's something that's – you wonder why. Like I said, well, I remember one time I was walking with my grandfather through the park, and these niggas just started throwing rocks for no reason. Like, who does that? An 80-year-old man at that time throwing rocks. Hit a, you know, at, throwing rocks at an eighty-year-old man and, a, and a, like a five or six-year-old kid, hit him in the head, bust his head open. We had to take him to the hospital, get stitches for no reason. I never had no white people do no crap like that. I mean, that's, I mean, Courtney, is that not crazy? But people want to say, oh, but let that kid who threw that rock and bust my grandfather in the head, let that let that ignorant bastard get get shot. Oh my God! Then let's riot. Let's riot. Let's call. Let's boycott. You know, because this, this. You know what I'm saying? We got ignorance out here, but people ignore it until somebody gets shot. They ignore it until somebody gets beat up by the cops. Then all of a sudden, it's a problem. But nobody is talking about right now the niggas who are out on the corner doing crime, selling drugs, selling guns to kids. That's not a problem until one of those bastards gets killed. Then it's a problem. Is that, am I the only person who sees a problem with that? No, no, you're not. And that's that's what annoys me, though. That <laughs> That's really what, what gets under my skin when we want to, you know, get on the bandwagon when something happens, yet we're the most divided race. It's like we don't ever stick together. You know, we talk about each other. We do all types of things. But it's like we, we can't even really stick together as a race unless something happens, and then it doesn't even make sense. So you get mad because somebody got shot, but they're a drug dealer. So, I mean, it's, that doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Right. You mentioned being divided. You know, mm-hmm. we are divided. We are the only race, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but just from a different perspective, 
who will even use the phrase talking white. What the heck is that? Courtney, you talk white. Dadon, you talk white. What the heck does that even mean? You talk like you're educated, so that means that black people can't be educated, and if they are, then that's a white thing? Well, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. We're the only, you don't hear, I mean, we are the, I know kids who don't want to talk quote-unquote white because they don't want to be made fun of. What We're the only race that would even think about making our youth feel like that. These little Asian kids... You think they do that? No. They go out to be grow up to be engineers and scientists and doctors and chemists and, you know, making millions of dollars, you know, working for these companies, starting these companies, and then we end up buying from them, you know, and, but because their people, you know, support them and uplift them and encourage them to be smart. I saw a, a, a single mom cussing their kids out, you know, in the uh, in the store today. I'm like, what the what the heck is wrong with you? Why are you cussing your kid out? What kind of mom cusses their kids out? I don't cuss around my daughter. My wife doesn't cuss around my daughter, let alone cussing her out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. You don't see. I, I, like, like I said, listen. I've been around white people my whole life. I've never seen that. I've never seen a white mom cussing their kids out. I went to, when I was, and understand my history, I've been in white schools my whole life since I was a little kid. I was one, my, me and my homie Chuck, we were one of two black kids in our whole class. Penn Charter, Google it. Google William Penn Charter School in Philadelphia. Google the ratio, the population, the tuition. Google all of that crap. I went there. All white school. If you were black, you definitely were there on some type of scholarship or financial aid, something. And I'm you understand. I and I saw. I, this is what I'm saying. I grew up around white kids, and I saw white parents. And anyone who says there's there's not a, a a severe discrepancy between these white kids and how they're growing up and raising their kids, and how some of these inner city black kids are getting brought up, you're you're crazy and you're a liar, because you know it's a difference. Don't don't be me over the head with it. You can front for Facebook and front for whoever else. You know, I'm not I'm not the one. I lived that life. There's a problem in the black community. It's a big problem. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to act like, oh, no, everything's all good. No, it ain't all good. Is it all bad? No. But it, it definitely ain't all good either. You know what I'm saying? And we need to start talking about that. We need to start talking about the real issues. And the word nigger, I got y'all in the okie doke. You know what I'm saying? We're not here to talk about nigger. We're here to talk about niggas. You know what I mean? Ignorance, ignorant niggas. That's what I want to talk about. But we can, but like I said, we will talk about nigger. You know, is I mean, there's nothing even to talk about. It shouldn't be said, right? I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be said. You should not. But but guess what else shouldn't be said? You know what I'm saying, Courtney? Creepy ass cracker also should not be said. Calling Japanese Japs. Should not be said Calling Hispanic spicks Should not be said Those carry the same weight And have the same significance Of derogatory Of a derogatory nature That nigger does Now maybe not to you But to Go call a Japanese person Go call Bruce Lee uh, a, a, A Jap And see what happens to you You know what I'm saying I don't mean that in a racist way I mean like literally Bruce Lee You know like if he was still alive Go call him like a Jap and he's not even Japanese. 
and disrespect him in that way and see what happens to you. That's that's like calling a black person nigger, but yet comedians like Monique and Samore and Cheryl Underwood and so many other people th- just, you know, uh, I mean, we can go on and on. They just commonly and, and consistently throw out these racial slurs. And it's like, well, how, well, okay, well, how is that okay? How is it okay to disrespect another race, but if somebody disrespects your race, then it's a problem. You want to boycott and riot. That's not okay. I mean, Courtney, have you ever heard black people throwing out racial slurs? Yeah, I have. Because when you were just talking about Monique, I remember that because I, I used to watch her show. And um, I remember her saying that, like, in the middle of one of her segments. And um, she said, like, Japs or whatever. And it was like everybody was laughing. Like, the audience was like, ah, like, it was just, like, this big funny thing. And it's it's not funny. I mean, that's still a racial slur. But I do notice that a lot of times we feel like we can say certain things and we can say um, derogatory terms towards other races because we feel like, um, I mean, we, we have the right to because of, you know, slavery, all that we went through, we we should be able to do and say whatever we want to. And that's not the attitude to have at all. It just makes us look ignorant. Right. According, let me ask you, if you, let's just say hypothetically, you were looking to be disrespectful to a white person, what would be the, you know, I guess the equivalent of, what would be the go-to racial slur that you would use to describe a white person? Cracker, honky. Right. Cracker or honky, exactly. So, out of all the racial slurs, I mean, there's really no other racial slurs. So if there's, you know, anything, it, it would be cracker or honky. But you don't even really hear honky too much. If anything, mm-hmm. you hear cracker, which, you know, if, if if you're thinking about what is the go-to, you know, derogatory racial slur for a black person, it's obviously nigger. Well, same thing for cracker. Right? I mean, I'm just saying, if, if that's incorrect, if I'm saying that's something that's incorrect, let me know. So, you know, come, somebody can call in. But I'm just saying that's how is it okay and why is it not a big deal for Rachel John Tell to use that, that racial slur? I'm just, I, I need some type of answer. I mean, if you are a supporter of her or, you know, we're passionate about it, I mean, it's really rhetorical because, I, I mean, there are very few black people or, or, you know, people in the black community who are not mindless zombies to the point to say, wait a minute, there's something wrong with that. That's hypocritical. You know, like, that's not cool. I, I, have, I mean, you know, you will hear people talk Trayvon this, Trayvon that, Zimmerman this, Zimmerman that, but I haven't heard one person say anything about the fact that she used the most commonly and most significant racial slur to describe a Hispanic. Now, forget the fact that he's not white. I mean, let that you know, forget that. But to use a racial slur of the highest magnitude and it be okay is is the ultimate form of hypocrisy. And all I'm saying, guys, is we have to do better. We we got to stop. Being hypocritical. I mean, I saw that episode you were talking about, Courtney. It was uh, Monique and Rodney Perry was up there on stage with her. He had the audacity to pull his eyes back, you know, slant his eyes you know, with his finger and imitate, be, act like he was some type of bucktooth type of dude, imitating Asian people dancing around like a black buffoon 
imitating people, and she's up there calling these Japs. I'm like, yo, that's racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's racist on national TV, and nobody cared about it. Nobody had a problem with it. It was just business as usual. The crowd is cracking up. Let a white guy get up on stage and call, uh, you know, use, you know, oh, I'm sorry, it happened. You know, what's his name? Seinfeld, uh, Michael Richards. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, I remember that. He did it. Right. Same, same thing. Everybody, oh, he's racist. Da, da, da. What you mean? How is he racist when, you know, when, when white people, do, I mean, when black people do it all the time on stage? In a joking manner, he was joking. It was a it was a comedic set, wasn't it? So what's the difference when Martin does it, or when Monique does it, or Rodney Perry does it, or D.L. Hughley does it, or I mean any of these racist bastards? They're all racist and hypocrites. And that's what we need to shed some light on. We got to stop being hypocrites. I mean that's really what's going on. Out. It's hypocritical. And I, I don't I pride myself on trying my best not to be a hypocrite. You know, but unfortunately this our society is filled with hypocrisy, specifically surrounding the N word. And you I, I you know, I don't even use that. I you know, I just call it what it is. Niggas. There ain't no N word. People act like it's they're gonna die if they say it. Like, what is that? Uh uh <laughs> Freaking stand in the mirror, say it three times. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. What? what Somebody gonna jump out and kill you if you say nigger? What the heck? <laughs> ain't nothing. Ain't no Candyman popping out. <laughs> Candyman, Candyman, Candy. Like what the Candyman? <laughs> ain't nobody scared of nigger. Say it, nigger, nigger, nigger. Like say it. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna do nothing to me for saying. Nobody's gonna do nothing to you for saying it. The N word. Well, I mean, I can see now. I can see white people saying it because they, you know, it's funny. Oh, black people, man. Let me just tell you, they will get mad. I mean, so I've seen white people not even say it. You know, they'll they'll like paraphrase it or or just repeat something that someone else was saying. They're not even using it. Like people got on Gwyneth Paltrow for saying for just using the term niggas in Paris. They were like because the song was they were I think Kanye West and Jay Z were performing they were in Paris performing niggas in Paris and they were actually there with Gwyneth Paltrow and she was like said something like oh yeah niggas in in Paris but I mean it is it was a joke and those are her friends and they were actually niggas in Paris performing niggas in Paris <laughs> so I mean it was like but people actually got mad at that it's like yo lighten up. I used to work at the bank, and there was this white girl who who really, you know, she was from the suburbs. She, you could tell, she had very little interaction with black guys throughout her life. And I think she said, what did she, I forget the exact context of what she said, but she she said to me, and she was like, oh, I think she said, and no, no, she didn't even say it to me, but she said it to somebody else. In my presence, she was like, "Yeah, that oh, that, uh, it's like no, you know, you my nigga, so, something like that." And and I had to tell, her, I had to tell her like, "Yo, like yo, don't you know you? It's probably not the best." See, because I knew her, and so I, you know, and I'm a, I have that discernment. I have a, I'm a you know pretty good judge of character. I can tell you definitively that she genuinely did not mean that in a derogatory way, based on the context in which she said it. I can tell you that she was not a racist, 
But let her have said that in the presence of other people, they might have gone crazy and, and made a big deal out of it. And I, but I did correct it. Don't get me wrong. I told him, like, yo, you can't say that. That's not cool. You know, I don't care. I mean, the con- I get it. I was like, you know, I get it. I understand the context in which you said it. But I'm like, it's not cool under any circumstances. So you would probably it would be a good idea not to say that anymore. And she got it. She was like, oh, no, 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 I, I apologize. You know, I didn't mean it. I was like, no, trust me. I know you didn't. But I had to still correct it. And she was cool about it. And all I'm saying is, you know, we got to start looking at the context of some of this stuff. They're bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? We got people calling themselves Jesus, Beyonce calling herself I Am, Jay-Z being a satanic bastard. These people are Satanists. They will tell you they're Satanists. They will basically co-sign the fundamental satanic principles, the, the, the exact foundations of the satanic church founded by Aleister Crawley. This is like Jay-Z's, one of Jay-Z's mentors, and he'll tell you that. He wears the T-shirt to prove it. We got people like that who are friends with President Obama. Like, if that's not, that's horrible. That's bigger than anything. Somebody calling themselves, you know, a nigger, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, using the word in any context. That's the, that's the real issue. Niggas are the issue. That's the problem. You understand that, guys? Oprah Winfrey made a big deal. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear this word used in my presence. In your presence? Who the heck are you? Are you mean like what are you, some type of queen? Like, who does she think she is? What does she? Th- I will, I will call her a nigga. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like people, it's like they put people up on these pedestals for no reason. These people are just—they have money. That's it, money and power. But one thing a lot of these people don't have is the love of Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? But that's and that's where a lot of people. Are, are, are focusing on the wrong things. They're miserable. They're depressed. I posted something online today. Haters and psychos came out the woodworks. I'm like, yo, where were y'all at when I was posting scriptures? Y'all want to debate about the Bible? You, like, where were you at on the actual scriptures in the Bible? People are crazy. And they have the audacity to sit back and wait. Won't say nothing about nothing until they feel as though they have been wronged in some way. Well, there's a lot of wrong going on out here, guys. Have I been followed? Let's talk about I want to talk about this movie, though. I want to talk about this this movie, um, Fruitville, Fruitville Station. And it, it, was, it was a very sad movie. It was a very sad movie, and we talked about that earlier. You know, I've said that, and I will continue. I mean, I, I can't stress enough, man. Like, there are very few movies that will you know, grab you like that from an emotional standpoint in the, you know, like hood movies. And it's not even a hood movie, it's, but it's a it's a black movie. But it it, it was something, man. It, 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 it was so powerful because it did a great job of getting you emotionally invested in the character. And those are the best. That's one of the reasons people love my book, you know, The Love We Had. It's one of the reasons why, you know, it really did a lot of uh, – book sales over the last several years is because it, 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 it got you emotionally wrapped into the characters. So when that ending comes, and you guys all know if you read it what that ending is, it devastates you, right? And the same type of effect is, is in Fruitville uh, Station. And so I want to – the reason – so I mean, yeah, so I, I just want to praise the movie enough because I'm about to – 
talk about some very talk about it from a different perspective. I want you to know that I have no problem with the movie itself. The movie was a great movie. However, the movie was about a nigga. You understand that, guys? And this is a problem that exists in the black community, whether it's Rodney King, whether it's Gina Six, whether it's Troy Davis, whether it's Trayvon Martin, I don't care who it is, whether it's Sean Bell, Courtney, what do all these people have in common? Um, They were people um, that were assaulted by white people. Right. That's that's it. That's exactly what it is, but that's not it. But, I mean, that's not everything, but that's it exactly. You're right. They all were discriminated against and in many cases, in some cases, um, assaulted. But if anything... They experienced racial adversity from whites. You know what I mean? Except Trayvon. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, Zimmerman was not white, you know, and he experienced no racism from white people. Um, But what they all have in common, what I was going for, is they're all niggas. See, that's the uncomfortable truth of the matter. You understand? I mean, let's just be real about it. You know, and it's cool. I mean, Courtney, you know me. I, you know, I have no problem. I don't even want to damage you or tarnish you. Or I, I have no problem. I, I would prefer to be the one to say it. You understand <laughs> that? I love it. I love being real. I love being quote unquote, and I've noticed the quote unquote controversial. There ain't nothing controversial about what I just said. They were all niggas. Trayvon Martin was a nigger. Troy Davis was a nigger. Rodney King was a nigger. If you go back to the original definition of the term in regards to, I'm talking about going way back, to the original intent that it was used to describe us as a people. We're not talking about positive, upstanding, intelligent, educated members of society. You understand? Trayvon Martin called himself No Limit Nigger. Trayvon Martin took pictures taking it with his middle finger up at the camera. He smoked weed in front of the camera. He was smoking weed the night he was killed. You understand that? You know, so, I mean, that's that's niggardly behavior, and that's actually a word. Look it up. That was one of my vocabulary words growing up in uh, in high school. Niggerly, the, the teacher used to get hype about. It. He used to be, he was like, uh, wait, was it niggerly? Yeah, niggerly. It was like, yeah, that's definitely a word. Look that up. But um, yeah, so I mean, you know, Troy Davis. These are not people. I mean, everyone, oh my God, free Troy Davis, free Troy Davis. He's innocent. No, he was not innocent. And if you didn't get a chance to hear my special on it, on the facts of the case, much like we did the show on the Zimmerman case. He was not innocent, guys. He actually killed someone that same, or shoot, excuse me, shot somebody in the face. So regardless whether or not he killed the the cop, you know that's, I, you know, evidence shows that he did. But let's just say he didn't. What was not in question was the fact that he shot somebody in the face at around one or one o'clock in that same day. That was not in question. That was something that he, you know, agreed to, and the evidence confirmed. 
So this is not, we're not talking about nice guys here. You know, Rodney King, yeah, he got his ass beat. You know, and, uh, listen, all of these things are not cool. Those cops should, you know, should have been punished for what they did. That was not cool. It was not okay. But please don't ignore the fact that these people exhibited niggardly behavior. Don't try to paint these guys as martyrs dying for some great cause. No, they were part of the problem. These people, there's a reason why there's racial, and we'll get more into this. I, that's why I said this is going to be a shorter show, because we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff on a much broader uh, scale uh, later in the week when we do our overall special on race relations in America. We're tonight, we're just talking about niggas. All right, that's it. Okay? You know, Rodney King was a criminal. Sean Bell was a criminal. Troy Davis was a criminal. The Gina Six guys were niggas. A couple of them had criminal records, which makes them makes them criminals. You understand that? Like, so and a lot of people, you let them tell, they don't even know that. People don't even know what Trayvon was into. That's the thing. Like, I researched this. I'm not a mindless zombie who just turns on the TV and then all of a sudden becomes brainwashed and hypnotized and just follows, you know, the crowd blindly, you know, not using logic or intelligence or intellect. You know, I mean, you got to really research this stuff, guys. Google this stuff. Research this stuff. And, I'm again, what happened, and, you know, if you heard my show on Zimmerman, you know I'm no fan of Zimmerman. I'm no fan of what happened. I think Zimmerman's a, a coward for how he chose to handle that situation. I know for a fact, I mean, you know, Trayvon attacked him. You know, and was on top of him beating his ass, but, you know, Zimmerman did not have to shoot him. If anything, he should have just taken that, you know, that beating like a man and kept it moving for approaching him the way he did. Just take it, take it and keep it moving. Was he justified under the law, The you know, the rules of the law? Yeah, absolutely, he was justified, but it was still a punk move. He didn't have to do that, but, you know, it it was what it was. But that being said, I posted something earlier. We're going to get into this movie, but I posted something online not not too uh, uh, long before we, we started the show. I said that, you know, there's a problem in, in society. I said that our children, I, I, when I say children, I mean between the ages of, I mean, really just children, period. Like, see, see me, people like me, see, I turned out the way I did my brothers turned out the way they did, like certain people who you know who are like good dudes out there, <clears throat> pick any great man you know, I can almost guarantee you they grew up with a, a, a father or or an uncle or a grandfather or some, a big brother, some type of positive, strong uh, uh, role model who who could, if need be, put a foot in their ass. You know, take out the belt. Um, you know, whatever needed to be done, cuss them out. You know, I mean, I'm talking about in love. Like, my, I got cussed out. My dad cussed me out in love. My dad took off that belt in love. You understand that? My dad gripped me up in love, shook the crap out of me in love. I got beat growing up, man. But that's that's why you're listening to me right now. That's why I'm not out there on the corner right now, like some of these niggas out here right now. Because I had 
not only a father but a grandfather and older brothers and uncles and you know what I'm saying, a whole village. It's not a cliche when it when people say it takes a village to raise a child. No, it actually does. You can't just be a single mom and I don't need nobody. I'm just gonna raise my my little man by myself. Yeah, you can yeah try that if you want to, and you, he'll end up like in Fruitville Station. I, I can guarantee you that. He's it's not gonna be okay. It takes a man to raise a man, and that's one of the reasons why the Bible speaks so uh, so fervently. You know, about doing things the right way, not fornicating, not having children out of wedlock, not having sex. Because it it, it will mess these kids up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all got a chance to watch the Love and Hip Hop reunion, but what do, uh, you know, uh, Mimi and Jocelyn have in common? Courtney? Stevie J. Not, say again? I said Stevie J. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely Stevie J. But the, the fact that they—I know you didn't get a chance to watch it. They—they they revealed tonight. I saw about a half hour of it, but they uh, neither one of them grew up. But they were both abandoned. They were both abandoned by their moms. Not only did they not have fathers in their lives, but they were also abandoned by their moms. They had no parents growing up. Same thing with Evelyn. No parents growing up. Not like that. Chrissy. No parents growing up. You understand? Look at these kids. Half these kids don't even know who their father is, these young men. So what I'm saying is a lot of these niggas are niggas because they have no respect for authority. They have no, I mean, they have no respect for authority. They don't understand the importance. They don't understand, like, even how to talk to other men, let alone a cop. And it's amazing. I mean, the movie was, it did a great job because it was so accurate. It was so accurate in regards to how a lot of these niggas respond to authority. If you saw, listen to what I'm saying to you. If you saw the movie, Fruitvale Station, and I don't, I mean, I won't try, I'll try my best not to give it away, but when you watch it, Understand that the way he responded was the problem. The actions of the police officers were also the problem. They were also bad. But what made it worse was his reaction. The same reaction that he had with those cops is most likely, no one will know for sure, but is most likely the same exact reaction that Trayvon Martin had with George Zimmerman. No one has the balls to say that, but I think we all know. When George Zimmerman approached Trayvon and said, yo, what are you doing out here? What the hell are you doing out here, man? What, what, get, what, you don't belong here. What's up with you? Trayvon Martin got pissed off, and he beat George Zimmerman's ass. You understand that? That's what happened. That, that won't be confirmed. That will never be proven. That is Dadon Talbert's personal opinion and personal speculation of what happened. You cannot like me or you know feel how you want to feel. That's what I believe happened, and I think deep down you all know that's what happened. Now, was George Zimmerman wrong for shooting him? You know, hey, that's that's up to him to decide. You know, he he did what he felt was best. I don't think that was, it was necessary. You, like I said, you take that and you know that beat and you keep it moving. But I, anyone who thinks that Trayvon Martin did not throw that first punch and and breaks George Zimmerman's nose and then proceed to get on top of him pummeling him, you're just you're deluded. Like just you're delusional because that's exactly what happened. The evidence shows it. You understand that? And so 
in in the movie. <clears throat> well, we'll talk about the movie. Any thoughts on this question? You know me. I could this is one of those shows. I could just talk and talk and talk. What uh, any thoughts? That... Actually, believe it or not, I I don't have any because I actually want to hear more about the movie. Yeah, I'm t- yo, I I can't stress enough, man. You know, y'all y'all gotta uh really watch this movie. This movie, it's like I mean, when you think of it's one of those movies. Like when you watch uh, Menace to Society, you you're still thinking about like, dang, like man. He was like, oh, I want to live, but it's too late. And it's like, you know, you that music and the slow motion, it's like that stay, <clears throat> stays with you. You know, like Doughboy disappearing at the end of Boys in the Hood in the thin air and, you know, Cuba Gooding going on to, you know, Morehouse. That, you're still thinking about that. There are very few movies out there that will that will really just stay with you like that for years and years. And this is, this is one of those movies, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's definitely one of those... Um, those 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 hood classics, so to speak. But my point is, if you look at the movie, you look at the film. He, like most young black men, you know, were raised by a single mom who was working, trying to make ends meet. What ends up happening to him? Well, he is a drug dealer. He has a child out of wedlock. You know, he 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 does what's necessary or what he feels is the, is necessary to support his family. He seems to have a good, you know, a woman or a quote unquote ride or die chick. He cheats on his, you know. But let me let me I want to set it up. I want to set it up properly because because I want to. There was a reason why I wanted to include this the movie into the tonight show. When you look at again going back to the term nigger, right? What was that? What what characteristics? Did they have in mind, and and how were black people portrayed? I'm talking about our ancestors, these slaves. How were they, you know, not saying this is how they acted, but how were they made to act? How were they made to be portrayed? Ignorant, you know, lazy, unmotivated, dishonest. When you that's that's what white people have in mind. And it's not true. Don't get me wrong. It's not. I'm not saying it's not true for everybody. But when you're talking about positive, upstanding black men, strong black men, Christian black men who love God, you know what I'm saying? Like those are words that don't describe those men. Not elite men, right? Those are words to describe niggas. But that's you know what I'm saying. That's what they had in mind. Now, when you look at the Fruitville uh, Station movie, he fit all of those things, those characteristics to the T. Right? I mean that's the that's the thing about it. This guy was unpredictable. He was violent. He was I mean, I mean he was a liar. You know, and that's the thing. This was someone who 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 lied and who was dishonest. This was someone who had a good woman at home, had a daughter, you know, he cheated on her. You know what I'm saying? Multiple times that was revealed in the film. Cheated on her, had sex with other women, and went back and had sex with his with his woman. I can't say that he was a bad father, but we'll talk about that. But I say he was a bad father because he made certain decisions that put his daughter's future in jeopardy regarding his actions. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. When you have a daughter... I mean, when you have a child, but specifically when you have a little girl, the role of a father is so important. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it, there's nothing more important 
than the role of a father in a little girl's life. There's there's no more important relationship than that. You understand that? There's nothing more important. And so as a father, when you think of, okay, what is a good father, you have to understand that you have to be there. You can't be out here selling drugs. You can't even really be out here talking trash to people and putting yourselves in certain situations that you might have put yourself in had it just been you when you know you have responsibilities as a father. I'm not saying you have to be a punk, but I'm saying you've got to use a little bit more discretion. You can't talk a certain way to police when you get pulled over because you have a little girl who needs you to be there. That's important. That 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 right there is is reason enough to humble yourself and just walk away from situations that you might not have walked away from specifically because you have a little girl who needs to grow with a father in her life and if she doesn't she might end up on a stripper pole. And we see that time and time again. These strip clubs are are packed every night. You know what I mean? Every week and every night these strip clubs are packed. You know, around the world, around the country, <clears throat> black community filled with young Girls who grew up without a father to tell them that they're special, to tell them that they're beautiful, to tell them that they're needed and, and valuable and their life has purpose. You understand that? So these are things that Oscar is his name in, in the movie that he just didn't do. You understand? You see, but yeah, so no no father was, was, was there. He had a what seemed to be a good mom. Who who you know appeared to have done the best she could with the circumstances that she was given, but yet there's a scene in the movie that was very disturbing. And again, we're talking. I mean, the, when you see the film, you'll see what I mean. The same w- intentions that white people had to oppress us, he fit the mold perfectly. Lazy, violent, disrespectful, ignorant, uneducated, criminal. I mean, aren't those the words that you, like, when you look into the eyes of these racist people out here, you know, that's what they're thinking about me. That's what they're thinking about you. They have hate in their heart, hate in their eyes when they look at you because they're assuming, erroneously in many cases, that that's how you are. The the problem with it is that's actually how he was, and that's how actually a lot of these people are. They're actually the same exact things that they think that we are. Now, they're wrong for thinking that, not knowing nothing about us. But in many cases, they're actually spot on. You understand that? I I go out, I work from home a lot of times. So I'll go out, you know, grab some food or go to the gym with some ball shorts on and driving in my expensive car and, you know, looking like a nigga, hoodie, whatever. People are, I, I see black people looking at me. I see white people looking at me at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Where is he going? Big old 22-inch rims on his car, BMW, okay. He must be a nigga. He must be a drug dealer, tinted windows, drug dealer. He, what, what job is he working at? They don't know I'm a founder of a business for over the last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? They don't under, They don't know that. They assume that I, and I would too. Most of you would too. You see somebody, you know, I mean, don't, that's what I'm saying. Stop lying to yourselves. Don't try to act like you don't think that. You understand that you know what you think, because I get this, those looks from black people. I go in the Target in the middle of the day. They look at me like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Shouldn't you be in, in, in at work or uh, in jail or something? Rob, I mean, they, that's how they're looking at me. 
black people locking their doors when I walk by the car in broad, broad daylight. I'm like, y'all don't want your car. I don't want your purse. I'm not a criminal. I love Jesus Christ. I'm not those guys. And I, that's what I have to deal with in my life every day. You know, people thinking I'm going to stick them up just because of what these niggas out here did. See, I'm not a nigga. You understand? But the world is filled with niggas who are given positive, great fathers and husbands, you know, and, and upstanding members of the community a bad name. I take that personally. That's not my fault. I shouldn't have to deal with that. You see what I'm saying? But I do. And it's because of niggas. We'll talk more about racial profiling. I don't even want to get into that today because, like I said, that's coming on part two. But we'll talk about the real reasons for racial profiling, mainly because it's true in most cases. But back to the movie, Fruitvale Station. So, you know, this was someone who, again, liar, cheater. There was a scene in the film where he got laid off from, or no, excuse me, he got fired from his job for being uh, late and just being a nigga, basically, not not being responsible. So, knowing that you have a daughter, you know, a woman in your life who you're thinking about marrying, you have a family, you, you know, you have rent that's due, you, you, you know, you have a job that you don't take seriously, and which leads to you getting fired, well, that's niggardly behavior. I mean, right? I mean, that's not, that's that's irresponsible. You can't, you know, real men don't do that. Positive black men don't have responsibilities and not provide for their families. You know, you, and so that's what he did. See, when people will see the movie and they'll get mad at the ending of the movie, but I'm more concerned about the beginning of the movie and the middle of the movie. When this guy's setting up drug deals, walking around with a whole, uh, enough marijuana in his, in his, you know, belt, around his waist, that'll get him thrown in jail for 10 years. You know, I mean, having a little girl, you know, could have easily got pulled over, you know, with all this dr- all these drugs on him and been sent to jail, go- went- going back to jail because he was already in jail, right? And then and, and that would be it for his family. No way to support the family. Daughter, you know, no money. And that's just that. She becomes a statistic. He becomes a, st- a t- statistic. And so that's, you see what I'm saying? That's the problem. Now, granted, you know, if you saw the movie, he didn't sell the weed. He made the right decision by getting rid of the weed. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a fact. I've never even had weed. I've never even touched weed. You understand that? Never. Not once. Not that that means it. I'm just saying. Like, you know what I mean? You shouldn't you shouldn't put yourself in situations like that where you when you have responsibilities. You understand that? Now this was so again, so he was fired. Now this was a scene in the movie that really pissed me off. That would not even piss me off, but just made me look and I'm like, yo, this is is where the unpredictability and the, the violence come in. And I'm just gonna tell y'all the movie. I mean, if y'all like I said, you know, if you don't wanna hear it, you don't have to hear it, but there's a scene in the movie where he gets fired, and he goes back up to the job trying to get his his old job back, and and so he's asking uh, the manager. He's like, "Yo, man, I just I, I need this job." Cause he didn't, you know, I respect him. He he wanted to do the right thing, but he was just an irresponsible person. 
He's like, yo, I need this job. He's like, yo, I mean, I like you, but I can't give you a job. I already hired somebody. He's like, yo, I need this job. He's like, yo, like, what part of you not Like, he didn't disrespect him. He was just like, yo, I hired someone. The, the position isn't open anymore. He was like, yo, man, just pay me for 20 hours. I'll work 40 hours. I just need this job. Please, just give me the job. And he's like, yo, I can't do it. He was like, what? You ain't going to do it? He's like, what do I need to rob you? Do I need to wait outside for you afterwards? He was about to beat up his manager because he wouldn't hire him back from a job that he was the reason he got fired from. He's about to go off on him. And that's how a lot of these guys out here are. Very violent and unpredictable. You ask them a question and you say something they don't like, they punch you in the face. How do I know that? Because it happened to my older brother. Me, my my other brother, and my sister walking around. I'll tell you all this story from time to time. Walking through the park, you know, group of niggas standing on a corner. We're walking past. Yo, my man, you got a uh, you got a quarter? No, I don't have no change on me. Pop, punched him right in the face for no reason. Unpredictable and violent. You know what I'm saying? And these are the types of things that happen every single day. George Zimmerman, hey, what you doing out here? What? Pop! Punched him right in the face. Don't act like that's not what happened. Don't act like Trayvon didn't punch Zimmerman in his nose and get on top of him and start beating him up. He just didn't think that he had a gun on him. That's all That's all that was. That's all, I mean, see, we got to start being honest. See, see, people talk to me like from a perspective of not living what I've lived. See, y'all, when y'all talk about having sympathy for these niggas who happen to get killed or happen to get gripped up by the cops, you're really talking to the wrong person. See, see, because I've had two friends who were killed by niggas. I had a friend who was killed and stabbed on my college campus, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who was stabbed in his chest by ignorant niggas. So you're really talking to the wrong person if you expect me to have sympathy for any nigga. You know what I mean? I'm just being real with y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. And, and so that's personal to me. I've had a lot of, you know, like I said, my grandfather was hit in the head with a rock by niggas. I've had my car broken into by niggas. I mean, don't let, I could go on and on and on and on. I'm hated on by niggas every single day. Just look at my Facebook page. Trying to help women. And it's not white people coming to my page calling me a nigger. It's niggas coming to my page and into my group to start trouble because they want to be ignorant. That's my issue. So the, the, the problem here is not, you know, on a large scale, it's not white people. You know, it's black people. It's us. We are the problem. Am I, am I, am I lying, Corey? Am I saying anything that's, you know, people, it's funny, people... They, if they if they hated Bill Cosby, or they they didn't like what Don Lemon had to say. They're gonna hate me, but you know it is what it is. This stuff needs to be said. Am, am I make? I'm sorry, Courtney. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, you're making perfect sense, and I just I really wish that, like I said before, that we weren't so you know divided um, as a race, and we really actually we're working towards the progress that we claim we want. You know, it's, you know, we say we want better for ourselves, but, 
you know, we don't want to stop selling drugs. We don't want you, you, we don't want to stop engaging in in behavior that can put you know our lives or our children's lives in jeopardy. It's like we don't want to stop doing that. Yet we want we want handouts, and and that's the problem. We need to really step up and really do the things that we need to do to better ourselves as a people. And then maybe then people will you know not I won't say not talk about us, but you know, wouldn't be right about, you know, their accusations about us, about us being ignorant and all of that stuff. Maybe it wouldn't be true then. See, see now, now, I like that. That's that's it right there. It's not that they're not going to talk about you, because they will talk about you, because there are always going to be racist individuals out here. But what Courtney said is correct. At least they won't be right. At least when you get racially profiled, they won't be right. See, See, I get racially profiled all the time. I got pulled over the other day for, and I ran a light. You know, I, I did. I ran a light. You know what I'm saying? I, I got it caught me. You know, pulled me over. But they could have let it slide. You know, it wasn't like a blatant thing. It was just you know, I didn't really. It was it was like yellowish, turning red or whatever. And I ran it. They got me, whatever. And I could tell. You know, they. It's funny nowadays. They're so used to people. See, see, I've had black people. I've seen white people pulled over, and the way they approach white people. In the suburbs, police officers, I don't know if you guys know, but is a lot different from how they approach black people in the hood. Did you know that, Courtney? Yes. <laughs> it's very different. You know, in the, in the in the white, and I, again, I know cops, I have friends that are cops, I mean, they'll tell you straight up, it's, it's just different. When you, when a white person gets pulled over, they so usually, you know, even if it's two people in the car, usually it's like one cop will come up to the driver's side door. Now, they probably won't be right, you know, parallel to the door. They'll probably be a little bit behind, but that's just, you know, how they're taught to stand a little bit behind the door just in case, you know, they, you know, you try to pull something out or whatever. But, you know, sometimes the hand won't even be on the gun, you know, and it'll usually be just that one one person. The, the partner waits in the car. I get pulled over the other day with my daughter in the back seat and literally, I get one cop coming about two feet behind my door, hand blatantly on his gun, you know, another cop coming from the passenger side, same type of thing, hand on his gun, just for me running the stoplight. I'm like, yo, what, that y'all okay? Like, I'm not trying, I'm, you know, I'm not, I had a gun on me, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't want no problems. <laughs> You know, I'm not trying to have a shootout. I'm not trying to go out in a blaze of glory. I, I, you know, license, registration, I'm cool. You know, but these guys were treating me. You could tell they were treating me in a manner that they were used to having to deal with people who look like me. You know, they're used to the men, you know, mouthing off. Talk. I mean, not even. let's not even sugarcoat it. They're used to men cussing at them and what the f you pull me over for? Da, 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 da. You white ass cracker! Da, da, da. I mean, if you see the movie Fruitville Station, that's that's how the dude was was going off. They're like, yo, put the phone away. This dude takes the phone out and is videotaping these. Oh yeah, I got you. Number, uh, you know, just being disrespectful and and really, at, you know, you know, agitating the cop to the point. Where, now again, the way he reacted was not cool. You know, he called him a nigger. He, you know, hit him, punched him in the face. These, none of these things are okay. Let me. I don't. I really don't want anyone. You're a psycho if you do, but 
you hear me saying it's not okay. I'm not justifying. I'm not rationalizing. None of that racist behavior is okay from cops or white people or anybody. But I was taught as a little child, as a boy, how will you react? We used to role play. How will you react if you're pulled over by a cop, if you're stopped by a quote-unquote George Zimmerman type of guy, you know, a white guy, you know, an overly zealous. Listen, I've had these role plays. My mom will get on this freaking line. I'll have her as a special guest, and she will tell you that we did all this stuff. How do you respond if you're approached by a drug dealer, if you're offered marijuana or cigarettes even? What do you do? What do you say? When you see a fight breaking out, what do you do? If somebody wants to fight you, what do you do? All these things, we had a mother and a father and some other family members, you know, to teach us the right and wrong way to deal with situations. I'm the most street smart guy you'll ever meet. You may not, I may not look like it. I'll go into any hood in any neighborhood in the country and be perfectly comfortable. I have no problem with that. I can be in corporate America or be in, in your hood tomorrow. I play basketball with, with killers and drug dealers, actual teardrops and tatted, tatted up. I mean, that's, that's, that's no big deal to me because I know how to conduct myself. But see, the problem with a lot of these niggas out here is that they were never taught those things by a father, by an uncle. So if they're disrespected, they don't know how to be diplomatic and walk away from the situation or talk them, their way out of a situation. All they know is what they know, which is to fight. And nowadays, nobody's fighting, they're shooting. And that's that's why the murder rate is so high in whatever city you live in. Because nobody's talking, nobody's fighting, they're just shooting. That's it. You know, that's why we're seeing an increase in police brutality. That's why we're seeing an increase in, in the fatalities, you know, from a, people of authority. And again, not... Not right, not okay, but a lot of these situations can be avoided. See, my parents always used to tell me, I tell you all this every day, my mom would tell me straight up, you can be right, but you can also be dead. She said, I'm not trying to be, you know, the the mom coming to the funeral talking about how right he was. She said, I don't, I don't want that. She said, you can be right, but you can also be dead. You do what you need to do to, one, not even put yourself into that situation, but then, two, if you find yourself in that type of situation, this is what you do to get out of that situation alive. I was taught those things as a kid. That's what these niggas are not being taught as children. It's not their fault. They didn't ask to be brought into the world being part of 70% of black babies born in a single-parent household. Bill O'Reilly was right. The reason is that single-parent households cause poverty, and poverty causes crime, and crime causes fatalities. That's the real problem, and, 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 and you know, like I said, we'll get more into We're going to do a whole show on Bill O'Reilly's little you know, segment, and I'm going to break it down from my perspective. That's why I don't even want to really get into it today. You know what I'm saying? But that's the problem. It's nothing else but that. You know, all these abortions and casual sex and all that stuff is leading to crime and poverty, you know. And, and, and you know, and, and these kids, they don't know how to talk to cops. They don't even know how to talk to people. You know what I'm saying? They don't even know how to, you know, people will shoot you. 
People will shoot you for looking at them the wrong way. Do y'all understand that? You, I mean, y'all, I've seen, listen, I've seen men, I've been on the basketball court, okay? I've seen people shot, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. But I've just, you know, that's more on the extreme side. But I've been on the basketball court, and somebody get fouled in a manner in which they didn't like and, and, and basically went to go get a gun, and everybody left. Like, that's, I've, that's happened. This happens every day. There are fights all the time in the L.A. fitness, you know, these gyms, wherever you live, whatever, the basketball courts in the hood, wherever. But I go to the gym. These are, this is in an actual gym that people have memberships to, you know, just, just for looking at somebody the wrong way, just for fouling somebody. But here's the thing. Now, here's the, I promise you, I've been playing basketball my whole life. I tell you guys stories every so often. You know, any any black male will tell you this. And if they don't, they're a liar. But every black male has seen a fight on the basketball court with other African Americans. And this is just my personal story, and I can almost guarantee most men will have similar experiences. And Marvel even tell you he plays basketball, he knows this. When you go out to the 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 white gyms or into the white neighborhoods, ain't no fights. It ain't no fights. Not like that. You know what I mean? It may be one in a blue moon, but I've never seen one. I've never seen or been a part of any type of altercation in these white neighborhoods. Go out to the the uh, the, the, the hood. Somebody got shot around the corner from where I live at the basketball court where I used to play at, growing up. You know, teenager got killed just you know on the court. Like I said, I've seen that stuff. People, oh, oh, what what you said? Okay, cool. I'll be right back. Hold on, hold on. Don't go nowhere. I'll be right back. Everybody out, going. Like, what? We shouldn't have to live with That's niggas right there. That's the problem. That's ten times worse than anything Riley Cooper could ever say, anything Michael Richards could ever say. These are niggas. And it's, it's sad that the black community is not, it doesn't make them mad. The fact that people are going to get guns the fact that there's so many guns on the streets in these communities doesn't make people mad is is outrageous. But so there's that. So back to the movie though. You got you know, this is there's another scene where he was being disrespected by a you know, an inmate and he basically cussed you know, he got into he was like cussing at the dude that he was about he was about to fight a dude right in front of his mom. Now, granted, I mean, the dude disrespected his mom or whatever, but, I mean, it's like certain things you don't say in front of your mom. You know what I mean? Like, and when she decided she didn't want to be there anymore, she's like, you know what, I'm going to see you when you get home. I can't deal with this. I'm not coming to see you in this place. And when he was, like, cussing his mom out. And it's just like, yo, you're cussing at your mom. You're disrespecting your mom. That's, that's like, stuff that niggas do. You know, I never disrespected my mom. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Watch the movie and you will see a first-class performance and, and, and depiction of a nigga. You understand that? That's what that's what he is. You can't, that's undeniable. You understand that? Everybody, but like I said, you get mad and you'll cry at the ending. And it's a very sad thing at what happens. And it should not happen. But the you know, don't ignore... And be outraged by the things that you witness from this guy throughout the film, 
which most people will do. Do you think most people are talking about this movie in regards to how much of a nigga he was or the fact that there was a tragedy at the end of the film? They all talk about the tragedy at the end. Right. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's like I said, man, I don't even want to talk to y'all too much tonight. Like, you know, cause I, said, I just wanted to, I didn't even really plan on going past him, but I wanted to just address this term and just get some stuff off my chest about that word, the N-word, you know? And I'm thinking about a couple other things in the in the, in the movie. You know, these guys decided they were going to, you know, decide they were going to take a, um, a a train to to go watch the fireworks on New Year's Eve. And these guys are smoking weed on the subway, being loud. Somebody pulled out a, 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 some speakers. They're having a freaking party on the subway, smoking weed on the subway. I'm like, yo, who does that? Who does that, man? Like, niggas do that. Cussing, carrying on. It's like, I don't want to be around that. I can't stand that type of stuff. I hate that type of stuff. And don't act like you don't hate it, too. Don't act like you, some of y'all don't take the subway for that sole purpose. Y'all don't want to be around no niggas. Don't lie. I mean, don't, don't just keep it honest. You know what I mean? Who wants to be around that, that type of behavior? Don't act like you wouldn't rather be around people of other races who will not act in a niggerly manner. I mean, I'm just saying, we got to start, you don't, don't act like you don't go or take, aren't willing to take that extra drive to the reader's water rights that's further away because you'll know you'll get better service and faster service and you won't have to deal with the attitude of whoever's at the counter. Don't act like that's not the case. Does that mean, oh, you hate your race? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you don't want to deal with niggas. And, it, and the fact that you have to deal with niggas in the vast majority of the black community is not just conjecture. It's not speculation. It's not a hypothetical situation. It's actually real. It's reality. That's what it is. Go to your local neighborhood Wendy's or McDonald's and, and, and tell me if the chick isn't tatted up and has an attitude. And I don't care what city you live in. Just go, and, and, you know, and I promise you that will be the case. That's, that's a shame that I'm right, and it's a shame that everyone knows that I'm right. You know what I mean? Courtney, go to McDonald's. What you going to see? You know. Just the attitude, bad customer service. No, I mean, you you know it. Don't act like you guys out there don't know that if you go to the white one, you probably won't see that type of behavior. Don't act like what I'm saying. Now, see, if Bill O'Reilly says that, then he's a racist. If somebody <laughs> on Fox News says the same thing I just said, they're racist. I ain't no racist. I'm telling the truth right now. The black community is jacked up. Is there a lot of positivity? Yeah, absolutely. It's not all bad. Like I said earlier, though, it ain't all good either. In fact, it's jacked up. See, these are the type of real shows that are non-existent. Anyway, that just period, they're non-existent. You know what I mean? There are too many people who are afraid to tell the truth, specifically in regards to our people. Nothing is going to change until you shake stuff up, until you start telling the truth. Coming out the wood where Jesse Jackson, you know, Al Sharpton, who looks like he's about to die and shrivel up. I mean, I mean, how much weight did this dude lose? I mean, I'm just asking. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, yo, how big is his head? You know what I mean? Like, this dude, I mean, is he sick or something? I'm just asking. Because, I mean, seriously, when they dig these guys up, you know, and, and they every time there's some type of issue, you notice they never talk about the real issues because that's not what's paying the bills. 
These guys get paid for that stuff. Y'all think they're coming out for free? You think they're defending Genus 6 for free? No, no, this stuff isn't for free. They get paid for that stuff. That's why you don't see them when, when you know, talking about the gang violence and all that stuff, because that would require black people to pay them. And that ain't, you, I mean, you know that ain't happening. It's all one big joke. See, 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 back in the day, you had people like Medgar Evers. You had people like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Dadan Kimothy, Marcus Garvey. You understand that? These are people who actually fought for our freedom and our liberties for free. Not only did they do it for free, but they lost their lives as a result of it. We don't have anybody like that today. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, nobody that, that you can point to on a national level and be like, wow, that's someone who is, is passionate about what they do, and they're doing it for the right reasons. And that's why we've seen, you know, a, a, a significant decline in the black community from the days of that time. We were more united and unified as slaves. You understand that? We were more unified as slaves. Back in the day, they had chants and hymns, and they were unified. They couldn't talk. They couldn't do anything. But they, you know, when they were in those fields, they all had one common goal, to live and to survive and to, at some point, hopefully escape. And that's when we were unified as a people. Civil rights, we were unified as a people. You know what I'm saying? Jim Crow, that unified us. Now we get a little bit of freedom. We get a black president. Ironically, things are more jacked up now that we got a black president than they've ever been. That's the craziest thing about it. The murder rate is as high as it's ever been. I mean, don't get me. Just Everything is just jacked up. As we are more jacked up as a people than ever any time in history. Obama will go down in history as one of the worst presidents that we've ever had. One of the most corrupt, the most scandals. The you know war, I mean just everything from a financial perspective, it's just you know jacked up. The blasphemy, I mean everything, and it's not his fault. He's just playing his role. You know, you don't become president of the United States by being for the people. You know, you know what I mean? Like uh, newsflash, guys. You know what I mean? The Illuminati runs the world, runs this certainly this country. To be part of that system, you have to play the game. I mean, but y'all really think he has our best interests at heart? I mean, are y'all crazy? I'm just saying, like, y'all don't know how this country works? No, no, it's not Obama. No president has the the uh, best interest of the black community at heart. It's a business. Y'all don't know that by now? Y'all really thought something was going to change? Ain't nothing changed. Healthcare is a business. This Obamacare stuff, that's not for us. That's to put money into the pockets of these medical companies and these insurance companies and the government. It's now it's govern it's like regulated. You have to pay for it. Where, where do y'all think that money goes? You think you're giving health this is let's just okay, everyone has health care. Okay, now don't worry about it. You have it now, you're covered. No, no. You are required to pay for it, and if you don't pay for it, you are fined. I mean, did you know that, Courtney? Are you you familiar with that? At first, first I wasn't. Like, I didn't know, you know, what was really going on. But it's, man, it's it's crazy out here. It's it's so crazy how we really, oh, continue. 
No, no, no. Sorry, it's, it's just a it's just a means to make money. Yeah. Everything. So I, you know, like I said, we as a people. Okay, like I said, I, I really want to get out of here too. Like I said, I really did, I did not intend for this to be a long show. I don't intend for it to be. I, you know, I I think you guys get it by now. You know what I mean? We as a people have to do a better job of uniting, and not just uniting for you know these these causes. Don't just unite when the kid when the people who are the problem something happens to them. You know, it's amazing. And I love the movie. I really like this movie because it showed you the problem. Again, a deadbeat dad, a liar, a cheater, a drug dealer, a criminal, you know, a nigger who just happens to be the recipient of, a, of you know, severe police brutality. I mean, surprise, surprise. But nobody is focusing on the fact that, yo, this guy was, was like, the scum of the earth. He was. He's the reason why there's ra- racial profiling out here. That's that's the reality, guys. Racial profiling doesn't come out of thin air. It comes from uh, the vast majority of people who have become statistics that confirm that there is a need for racial profiling. We racial profile ourselves. I was going to save this story for, for uh for I might do it tomorrow, I might do it Wednesday. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I've been in banking for, for years. You know, I just got out about three, four years ago. and um, But, you know, that was my career, you know, before I, you know, started my business. And even while I was doing my business. But, um, you know, I would, there are certain check cashing policies that the bank has certain regulations and there's i so don't like i know the rules i've been a branch manager i've ran the whole show i was blair underwood and set it off believe me i understood it i know i can tell you anything you want to know about banking and so you know but some branches some tellers some teller managers will require two forms of id plus a freaking vehicle registration just to cash a check because they feel as though the check is maybe a little bit too large for what someone who looks like you should have in your wallet. Why are you cashing the check as opposed to depositing the check? This ain't no let's go to the suburbs and cash. No, this is in the hood. You know what I'm saying? These are black tellers who are giving me, a black man, a problem just because I want to cash a check as opposed to deposit or open an account at that bank. I already have accounts. I just may not want to deposit at that, you know what I'm saying, into my account. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I just wanted to cash it. That's my prerogative. There are people out here, and I've never had a problem at a white bank. I've never had to get my vehicle registration at a at, – at, at, you know what I'm talking about, Courtney? Have you, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Somehow, yeah. Sometimes tellers will make you do that. Yeah, do all that extra stuff. Yo, I pull out a driver's license and a debit card. They say, "Oh, we can't use a debit card." I'm like, "What the heck?" Well, yo, I mean, it's, it's my this is my license. Like this, it's the same name on my license that's on the check. I know we just need two forms of ID. Okay, well here's a debit card with my name on it. To even get a bank account, to get a debit card, to open an account, you got to have two forms of ID. So obviously. 
to if I even have a debit card, that means I have a bank account which was opened and under the Patriot Act, you have to have certain things to even open the account. So obviously I'm who I say I am, but you're telling me you can't use my debit card and now you gotta go out I gotta go out to my car and get my vehicle registration. Wow. I've had I I go into the white neighborhood, they don't even ask me for ID. And if they do, it's just, oh, uh, let me just see your driver's license. Okay, cool. Or just type in your PIN number, swipe your debit card, no big deal. That's how it is. We are more racist and discriminatory to ourselves than white people ever will be. I've experienced more racism and discrimination from black people than I've, and I've again, you know me, I've been around white people my whole life. Never been called a nigger, never had any problem. Funny, here's the funny thing. I'll tell you all quick. I've never told this story, brand new story. I'll tell you all real quick, then we'll get out of here. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever experienced in my, in my life in regards to cops. This is like this was like one of the craziest things. <laughs> the most ra- disc- I can't really say racist cuz we're talking about two black people, but discriminatory. I'm it was like we had this major storm storm here in Philly. Uh I think a couple years ago. Now I was in. I at the time I had a Mercedes convertible, and I'm driving. And uh, and I only say that because you know it was an expensive car, which you know obviously you know cops will look at and, and, and treat you in a certain way because of that. Um, and so there was a, like a pothole on 76, which is the major expressway here in Philly, and I ran over this pothole. I mean, it was like it wasn't even a pothole. It was like a freaking hole, a hole in the ground that for whatever reason I didn't see. So I'm driving and like nobody saw it because when I ran over it, it was like my whole car sunk. It was like boom. And I was like, yo, what the? And my whole tire was done. My whole tire was just I'm like, really? So I pull over and and as I'm there, one by one, boom, boom. But like three, like three other cars same thing, they all pulled over with flat tires. So here is me and, like, at that time, about three or four other cars on the side of the road. This cop, <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. This black cop comes over to me, right? He's like, yo, you know, you have your license and registration. I'm like, well, yeah, you saw, I'm like, yo, man, I'm thinking he's going to be, like, cool with me. I'm thinking he's going to try to help me. I'm like, yo, can you believe that? You know, I just messed up my whole car. They got this freaking hole in the in the in the in the highway and I'm just like, yo, you see that man? He's like, Yeah, license registration. I'm like, Oh, all right, yeah, so right, hold on a sec, you know, so I give him my license registration. I'm like, Yeah, so I'm just I'm just yeah, the tow truck is on the way. I just got off the phone with him. They'll be here in like, you know, they said like twenty minutes. So I am good. Like I'm thinking he's coming over because 'cause I'm on the side of the road. I'm thinking he, he wants to help me. You know, big surprise. This dude's like, Oh, be right back. Don't move. He goes, runs my stuff. He comes back over. Now, at the time, and this is probably more information than, than y'all need, I had just got in the car, though. And so, you know how, I'm, I'll picture it. You know how you get a car, and I got the car out of state. You know, if you get a car out of state, you get, like, I think, like, 30 days or 45 days or whatever to get it transferred and registered in that state. So, in the meantime, you have to put the little you know, the registration card in the window of of the car. But, you know, and I was an idiot, you know what I mean? I, I didn't put it up there. I had it in the glove box. He's like, yo, cause I, and I didn't have a license plate on the car. So I was, you know, actually, no, I did, but I had, like, my old 
license plate on the car, my old car, because I traded in my car. Long story short, I had the wrong plate on the car. But everything was cool. You know, and I was wrong for that. I was being a nigger. You know what I mean? I did not want to put that registration thing in my window, and I just put, I knew it was on the way, and I should have had it in the window, and I should have not had the old plate on the car. I take responsibility for that. But I say, you know, uh, he, he ran the plates. He's like, yo, whose car is this? I said, this is my car. You know, whose car is this? I said, sir, this is my car. I said, I have, I actually have the registration. It's right here. Because I tried to give it to him before, but he wouldn't even take it. He thought I was going to say something else. He just walked. He was giving me the, he was just being like, I mean, excuse my language, an asshole. He didn't want to hear anything I had to say. I was trying to give him the registration that should have been in the window to explain to him the situation. He's like, this is the wrong place. Who's this car? Is this? I'm actually one last time. Whose car is this? Da, 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 da. And he's like putting me through, through the ring. I'm like, sir, this is, this is my car. I had the registration right here. Everything is cool. I just had the wrong plate on there for my old car, which I just traded in. As soon as my new plates come, I'm going to take it. I'm going to put the right tag on. Everything is straight. It's not a stolen car. It's actually registered perfectly. I just, it's just, you know, it's just temporary. He was like, you know, all right, well, tow truck will be here in in, in 15 minutes. Don't move. I'm like, sir, I'm like out the window. He's like, sir, get back in the car. I'm like, yo, this is my car. I said, what, you going to tow my car? He's like, you, this is an uh, unregistered vehicle. <laughs> I'm like, sir, the car is so we went back and forth, back and forth, and but here, so that wasn't even the craziest part. Long story short, he ended up just being like, you know what? Get this. He was like, get that plate off of there. I'm not gonna tell you, but don't you ever let me see you out here again. Don't you ever do talking to me like I'm some little kid. And it took everything in me just to really humble myself, and just because I knew he had the power to, you know, tell me or whatever. So I, you know, I appreciated him not. Told me, but you see what I'm saying? He was he was being a just a straight bastard. But here's the crazy thing. Remember, it wasn't just me on the side of the road. They're like there was like some old white dude right in front of me, and he's like, whatever. He gave me all my stuff. Back. He's like, yo, get out of here. Wait for the tow truck. As I'm waiting for the tow truck, I'm watching this dude go up to these other cars and not and, and not even asking him them for registration. Can you believe that, Courtney? Yes, I can. <clears throat> I can. I'm sitting there I mean, with my that's window. That's how it happens. Right. And this is a black cop. This ain't no white cop. This ain't no racist stuff. This is the funniest thing is my worst experiences. You know, I remember this this one black chick. I was with my wife, and you know, she said I didn't stop at the stop sign, and I I stopped at the stop sign. She just said I didn't. She gonna write, give me a, you know, I mean, in a totally suburban area. No other cars around. No, I mean, no possible danger. Go give me a hundred and fifty dollar ticket just because I, I like. She said I rolled through the stop sign. Black chick, miserable ghetto black chick, you know. And I'm like, really? You gonna give me a hundred and fifty? Whereas, I this ain't the first time. I know cops. I know the protocol. They are allowed to use their discretion, you know, if they feel as though it is not a, a, a serious infraction. And if they feel as though they want to give you that warning, even though they get their bonuses or whatever based on how many traffic stops, legitimate traffic stops they get per month or whatever, you know, they, they don't have, they can give you warnings or whatever. 
I've never I've been pulled over a number of times by white cops, never been given a ticket by a white cop. Never. Why? Because I always surprise them. I always surprise them by being, Oh, I'm sorry, officer, what I, I no, I apologize, sir. I I was speeding or I didn't realize I didn't stop. You know, I, I you know, no problem here, officer. You know, I don't want any problems. You have a nice day. Please and thank you. Know, all that good stuff is, which is what I was taught. They say the cops are not the right people to be doing, you know, playing tough Tony with. You know, you look at Fruitvale Station, you can tell he never got that lecture, which is why he ended up being shot in the back. Was that right? Should that have happened? No. But could it have been avoided had he been put on that quote unquote white voice? and really humbled himself, that situation would have turned out totally differently. I'm sure Trayvon Martin's situation would have turned out totally differently. Just the same way my situation turned out the way it did. These are the situations and the choices that we as African Americans are faced with. Are we going to surprise them, or are we going to be a nigger? Now, and I don't care, I know a lot of you tuned in tonight just to hear what was said about that, the N-word, but it's not about the N-word or nigger. It's about whether or not you are one. That's the key. Don't let them be right, because you're going to be viewed as one regardless. That's the world we live in. That's not going to change. It just depends on who's actually going to articulate that and maybe call you that or use it to describe you or someone like you. The question, is the more important question is, will it be true? Because for many African Americans in the black community, it actually is true. That's the problem. Courtney, what last thoughts or comments or uh, you know anything do you have for tonight before we wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is, you know, we we really have to do better at um, just doing better as a people, and just not being niggas like we've been talking about. And I think it starts at the at the home, you know, we can't look to, you know, celebrities and other people to raise our children. We have to play an active role in making sure that our children are being brought up correctly, you know, making sure that we know where they are, making sure that, you know, they are doing well in school and just making sure that, you know, they know that we love them and that we care about them. And so that's why it's very important to make sure your child has that great role model, even if you're a single mom, you know, have, you know, your child have a mentor or somebody that they can look up to so that way they don't feel like they need to get attention from the streets and become a statistic because, I mean, a lot of it, all of it actually could be avoided, but it starts at home. That's it. That's it right there. This stuff is not being avoided. And, um, you know, our kids are dying out here. I was watching a video and they said that if you live in, Let's say North Philly. That was a, it was a Philly statistic, but it was uh, you know you, you could, it could very much so be applicable to whatever city you live in. But if you live in North Philadelphia, they were saying, and if you're between the ages of 15 and 25, you have a 24 percent chance of being shot. You know what I mean? And that's just it, it, you know shot for what? Shot for being in drugs? Shot for being in a gang zone? Shot for looking at somebody the wrong way, stepping on somebody's foot, fighting, a fight over a girl, some ghetto hood rat chick, whatever this is. I mean, these are the reasons. Half these murders, I know about this stuff. These murders aren't over. My friend who got killed by a nigga, it was, it was over a female. 
over something stupid. And that's what most of these, it's not like crazy stuff for these long, drawn-out situations. I mean, it is sometimes, but more often than not, it's over stupid stuff. Look at Boys in the Hood. That well, that was over nothing. They looked, they, they looked at the dude wrong. They shot him in the back. That stuff happens every day here. So, you know, think about this stuff. Um, you know, pray for the black community because really that's the only thing that's going to bring about a change. You know, pray for the black church to, uh, you know, hopefully, because there's so much influence in the church. <clears throat> there's no other structure that houses thousands and thousands of people, male and female, every Sunday morning, you know, and, and has these people peaceful in one place. There's nothing like that. But they're not talking about what I'm talking about. They're not talking about the real issues. Imagine if pastors were actually preaching the same message to, to their congregation. You know, and the parents were taking this message home to their kids, and the kids were actually being brought up the right way. Imagine how the black community as a whole would be. But these pastors are afraid to speak the truth. The good news is I'm not afraid to speak the truth. You know what I'm saying? So we'll reach who we can reach, and we'll pray for the people we can't reach. But that's it, guys. Like I said, uh, tune in to our very next live show. will be part two. Tonight's show was on nigger. The next show, maybe not tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, keep you posted on it. But the very next live show will definitely be Race Relations in America. It, will be a much, it won't be the same show. This show was very specific. I want to get some things off my chest. But we're going to talk about it from more so from a broad perspective. And um, and that's what it is, man. So I thank you all for listening. And uh, I'll see you all uh, next time. Peace. <laughs>